Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine and creator of drjockers.com, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. This podcast is sponsored by our friends over at Paleo Valley, and one of their products that I use on a regular basis is their apple cider vinegar complex, and I use it to help support my energy, my blood sugar, and to promote good digestion. You guys have heard me talk about the importance of stomach acid in the past. Stomach acid helps us prevent against pathogens. So when we eat food, pathogens come in like parasites and bad bacteria. Good stomach acid helps kill those things. It also helps us break down protein and absorb minerals and different nutrients. Well, apple cider vinegar is one of the best things you can be using to help promote the right amount of stomach acid to be produced. And that's why I take this with meals. On top of that, the apple cider vinegar, really it's really good for blood sugar stability. See, when you have blood sugar imbalances, that can make you crash in the afternoon and cause your body to hold on to fat, especially belly fat, which makes you feel hungrier more often. You have cravings. Well, good news. You can actually take apple cider vinegar. Research has shown that it helps reduce the glycemic load and improve your insulin sensitivity and that is really key for all day energy. On top of that, it helps with weight loss by lowering your fasting blood glucose, by increasing your metabolism, improving your muscle performance so you can crush your workouts, regulating your appetite so you feel like you're in control and you're not just driven by your hunger and cravings. It also decreases insulin and that's key because insulin is the fat storage hormone. And insulin, more insulin we have in our bloodstream, the more inflammation our body's going to produce. So apple cider vinegar is powerful for getting insulin under control, bringing down inflammation, and helping you burn fat for fuel. So what I love about the apple cider vinegar complex is it's 1,000 milligrams of apple cider vinegar, about a one and a half tablespoons of apple cider vinegar. And then they also combined it with other warming herbs. They have 300 milligrams of turmeric, one of the most powerful anti-inflammatory herbs, 300 milligrams of ginger. And turmeric and ginger really synergize to have a powerful anti-inflammatory effect in the body. They're also great for the digestion, for gut health, for stomach acid production. There's also 150 milligrams of cinnamon in here. We know cinnamon is one of the best things for blood sugar support and 50 milligrams of lemon. And lemon really is good for stomach acid production. Bile flow helps stimulate production of bile, pancreatic enzymes, so we can really digest our food optimally. And Paleo Valley, all their ingredients are all, they're all organic. So no toxins in there. And it is really pure and it works, guys. So definitely check this out. You can go to paleovalley.com, use the coupon code JOCKERS at checkout to save 15%. I know you guys will love this product. Today's podcast is a little bit different. It's me telling my story about my childhood, how I got involved in natural health to begin with, 
things that I, I learned from my childhood when it comes to health and taking care of our body. Um, I'm also going to talk about, you know, my health journey struggles I had with irritable bowel syndrome in my early twenties and then uh, skin cancer as I got into my late twenties, how I started my businesses, things that I've learned in my business journey, as well as in my health journey. So if you're looking to improve your health, you're going to love this podcast. If you're also maybe a health practitioner or something like that, there's probably some good stuff as far as business principles that I learned as well. So I think um, you guys are going to really like this. It's just kind of me uh, being authentic and sharing my story. A lot of you guys have asked about my story, and usually I'm just training you guys on a number of different health topics and don't really take a whole lot of time to talk about you know myself, my journey. And so that's what this podcast is all about. So let's start with this. My um, I grew up, I was born in Long Island, New York. My Dad is from New York, from Long Island. My mom is from Buffalo, New York. My dad's, you know, he has the New York accent. Um, we moved to Pennsylvania, the Poconos, when I was in my, when I was, I guess, about six years old. And um, my mom got really into health. She was a nurse and she got very much into health. And um, she would, she had her own garden, like we, we grew our own food, things like that. And she actually left nursing because she just didn't really, she didn't like the medical system. She didn't like being caged into it. She saw a lot of things that she didn't agree with, particularly during the pregnancy process with me, as well as with my younger brother. Um, and I'm actually one of six children. I have an adopted older brother from Peru. He's three years older than me. And I have uh, a younger brother. It's two and a half years younger. And I have a, two sisters that are, I believe, four and a half and six and a half years younger. And then my youngest brother is 11 years younger than me. So I'm second oldest. And um, my mom just saw a lot of things in the medical system that she did not agree with. And so she decided to leave. She decided to study midwifery and become a midwife and a massage therapist. And so she was doing this when we were in Pennsylvania. My dad is a CPA. He was an accountant. And he was trying to travel from the Poconos in Pennsylvania, eastern part of Pennsylvania, into New York City, into Manhattan on a, you know, five days a week. And that just wasn't working out. He actually uh, hurt his back and had a lot of different health issues. And he always had health issues. He had asthma. Um, <clears throat> he just really didn't, didn't, didn't model a healthy lifestyle. My dad, for sure. Um, I, I really love and appreciate my dad for a lot of, a lot of reasons, but he wasn't a model of health and he was struggling with his health. And he ended up losing his job as an as a accountant in Manhattan. And so he had to take on multiple jobs when we were in Pennsylvania. And in that area of Pennsylvania, he couldn't find the, the level of income that he had um, when we were in New York. And they had bought, you know, a lot of property in Pennsylvania and unfortunately weren't able to afford it. And so my parents actually went bankrupt. I think I was about 10, 9, 10 years old. Um, I still remember my mom crying about it. And we ended up moving. Uh, of course, we had a growing family. You know, I'm one of six kids. And at the time, we had my parents had five children. I was born in a hospital. My brother, John, was born in a hospital. My sister, Sarah, was as well. We were all born in Long Island, New York. Um, my youngest sister, Bethany, was born at home, actually, in 1988. I was six and a half at the time. Um, and I actually, you know, got a chance to witness the end of it. Now, I don't necessarily recommend... Having a child that young witness a home birth necessarily, maybe if they're very mature. Um, I didn't really know what I was looking at, but um, 
you know, I watched my sister come out. And so that was quite interesting. My mom had her at home with midwife. Um, my youngest brother was also born at home, but it was actually when I was at school. So with that said, my, my parents wanted to homeschool. My mom wanted to homeschool, but, uh, you know, just having a lot of children and having to work um, and having financial issues, they, they put us in public school. And um, we ended up moving to a rental home when, we, when my parents went, went bankrupt. And uh, we were in that rental home till I was about 14 years old. And again, my mom was studying natural health things. And so she really tried to model it as well as she could. And back then she was really into the macrobiotic diet, which was a very low fat diet, more vegetarian plant-based diet. Um, it's not something that I recommend or agree with, but it did have some, you know, healthier foods. That's when I was introduced to kale back then when you ate kale, you didn't put oil on it. Like, I, like there's a lot of things you can do to make vegetables taste really good today. Back then it was like, you just had steamed kale and it was, it was a lower salt diet. So you didn't even salt it. And I remember as a child, I really did not like this way of eating, um, and so, you know, when I was at school, I got free lunch cause my parents, you know, were, were struggling financially. And so I was drinking, you know, chocolate milk and eating French fries and pizza and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, I never had an issue really, you know, for the most part eating vegetables, I wasn't very picky eater. Um, however, you know, of course I would eat whatever junk food that I could. And my older brother started developing a lot of acne, you know, he was really eating a lot of sugar and things like that. And I, and my mom said, you know, if you eat a lot of sugar, right. And she would talk about like chocolate bars and things like that, which I loved of course. And she would say, you know, if you do that, you're going to end up with acne. And so I didn't want acne, obviously it didn't look good. I'd had pimples and you know, they didn't feel good. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to reduce the amount of sugars that I'm eating. I also noticed that when I was eating fried foods, like French fries, or if I cooked, even if I cooked eggs, cause back then we had like corn oil. Um, you know, vegetable oil, because, you know, we thought it was healthy. Of course, it was highly toxic that we would cook with, right? And cook eggs. I just noticed that when I would cook with that, it was like my skin felt heavy and I would end up breaking out. And, you know, lo and behold, when you cook with refined vegetable oils, these things are highly oxidative and even the vapors will come out and create more oxidation on your body, right? So they'll react with your skin cells and drive up inflammation there. And then of course, if you're eating them in your foods, you're getting these really highly processed vegetable oils, this massive oxidative load. And so I just never felt good doing that. Later on, we would switch to cooking with like butter, right? Or coconut oil or something like that. But, you know, it wasn't for a while. And so um, we eventually moved to Florida, right? When I was 14, we moved down to Florida. My, got, my dad got more sta a stable income there uh, that he could really afford the cost of living down there, the cost of living was lower as well than Pennsylvania. And we were able to get a home that, you know, that my parents owned. And uh, this was great for us as a family. And also on top of that, it was really great for my health because in Pennsylvania, it would snow, it was cold a lot. I was inside a lot, you know, and I used to watch TV all the time and play video games and things like that. And so I just, I, I was always getting sick, colds, fevers, flus, things like that. I remember growing up, I was always missing school. Um, you know, sometimes intentionally, but of course, you know, I was just getting sick a lot. And, uh, as I got a little bit older, you know, just getting in the sun a lot, we live near the beach. I would go bodyboarding and surfing and things like that on a regular basis. And just try to spend a lot of time in the sun. I felt better when I was in the sun, I would even sunbathe. 
Um, you know, and I just felt so much better doing that. And, um, you know, being in the sun regularly really helped me as far as, uh, my, my brain health. I just noticed that my brain was better. Um, I was not a very good student growing up, honestly. Um, I was good at math, but not very good at English writing, a lot of different things like that. Um, I would say math was definitely my best subject. And I just noticed that I felt better and I was able to perform better in things that I was doing as I was getting more sun exposure. And that was going into high school. And, um, you know, my, a big thing that, that, that hit when I, when I graduated high school, I was into fitness as well. I was an athlete. I was a baseball player growing up. I was always super into sports, all about performance. And my mom would really talk about food in relation to performance. So she would say stuff like, you know, you need to eat your, your kale or your greens, or you need to eat, you know, this protein because that's going to help you be stronger. It's going to help you have more energy. It's going to help you perform better. Now we didn't know, you know, anything near what we know today. Um, however, you know, cause I would, I would carb load, like I would eat a bunch of pasta before games and stuff like that. And, and I never felt really that good. Like I never felt like my performance really did improve when I would do that but I would eat vegetables and things that I was told were healthy back then so I could perform. So it was kind of this putting it together, like, Hey, what I eat is going to impact how I perform when it comes to sports. And so I started to see that, that, that relationship. And that was huge. That was, you know, just a huge thing for me to understand. And most of the people I was around athletes and stuff, they had, they didn't know, they, they thought there was almost no connection other than the fact that you need to eat. Right. And all food did the same thing, give you energy. And so that's all, all we thought about obviously as teenagers, but I started connecting the dots there. And then I was, you know, really, I got really into fitness after I graduated high school. I was always very, very thin. And so I remember early in high school, um, a friend said, you know, if you really want to play high school sports, maybe even go on to college sports, you need to lift weights, right? You need to put on muscle. You need to get stronger. And so I started lifting weights. I had a little, you know, some stuff that I was doing at home to train with. And then, um, you know, in high school, I started utilizing the weight room as well. And that just, you know, as I got a little bit older, you know, I didn't understand what I was doing back then. Um, but I started working at a grocery store, Publix, when I was 16, and they had Men's Health magazine and different things like that. And I would, whenever I had a break, I would go and start reading these fitness magazines to learn about exercise routines. And they talked a lot about, you know, balanced exercises, core exercises, compound exercises, things like that. And so, you know, before that, I would just do like, for example, I would just work my chest, right? Because I thought, oh, I need to have, I need to bench press. Or I need to do push-ups, but I wouldn't do balanced exercises. I wouldn't, you know, then do my back, right? Because if you do a push exercise, you should always follow it up with a pull. So you get balanced musculature around your body. And so I started learning about that and, and, uh, you know, working out at a gym, putting on muscle weight. And, um, you know, I eventually actually became a personal trainer. Now, before I became a personal trainer, I was just, again, into this fitness idea. My grandfather, uh, was diagnosed with, and this is when probably my first year of college, uh, my grandfather, he, I, everybody thought he was healthy, right? He came home from playing golf one day and he went to open a sliding glass door, just a patio door, started pulling on it, tugging on it, couldn't get it, pulled a little harder and he broke his arm, right? And how do you do that? How do you break your arm opening a door? 
Well, they went in, they did a biopsy. They found out he had metastatic cancer that had spread throughout his body and his bones. So it was a melanoma skin cancer that spread throughout his body. And I mean, in six months with, you know, chemotherapy and everything, he just withered away, lost, you know, 50 pounds, um, and eventually, unfortunately passed away. And I remember watching that and thinking, I thought he was healthy, like, cause he was playing golf. He was doing a lot of things that he wanted to do. And he went downhill so quickly. And of course, you know, that was heartbreaking for my family and I, but, uh, again, it opened my eyes to like, what is health, right? Kind of asking this question, what really is health? And I ended up becoming a personal trainer and I was in, you know, at this point, uh, late teens, early twenties. And, um, I was studying, I, I thought I was going to run a fitness center and I thought, you know, I'd really like to run a fitness center, be a community, um, health coach or a phys physical education teacher at a school. I want to be able to give back to my community and, um, you know, help people, help people improve their health, help people, uh, look better, feel better. And I was getting a lot of questions. I worked at Publix at the time still as a stock clerk. And people, you know, my colleagues there would be asking me questions about health and about foods to eat and things like that. So this is just something like the people around me were asking me questions. Um, and it was just something that I was noticing that, um, you know, and, and it was, it would, there was a metamorphosis, right. Where a lot of it started actually psychologically. So after my grandfather passed, I started really thinking more about faith and I was not a Christian at the time. And I was not living a Christian lifestyle or a moral or ethical lifestyle. And I realized I really don't like who I am. And I started reading different books. I read C.S. Lewis, Screwtape Letters, which was a phenomenal book if you haven't read that. And, um, you know, I really said, hey, I need to take captivity over my mind. Um, I still, you know, I, I, I didn't have a born again experience at this time, but I just realized, hey, I need to um, start being a more, more of a positive person. And, and thinking better, right? And that's what I was doing. And I would listen to, Joel Osteen was on TV back then. I would listen to him. So he was always super encouraging. Um, and that actually led me to a little Messianic Jewish congregation um, with very, very passionate people that just were passionate about Christ and about um, following God's ways. And um, I grew up in a Messianic Jewish household uh, and, you know, but I had really walked away from any significant level of faith, you know, my, my late teens, you know, I would, I would say that I was, I was a, a follower of God, but um, I would, I wasn't living the lifestyle. And so um, that was when I gave my life to the Lord and recommitted myself. And I was just passionate about following God on my journey. And, um, you know, along that, along the way there, uh, I said, Hey, I really need to, I want to find something that I can do that I can really give back to mankind to be an influence on people. And so that was when I decided, Hey, I want to be a, either a physical education teacher. Or I want to run community-wide uh, health and fitness programs. And so I became a personal trainer and I was enjoying that, but I realized, you know, I just feel like there's something so much greater than this. And it was around that time that I also developed irritable bowel. So I would, I always had digestive issues growing up, but it really hit ahead uh, when I was about 22. And I started having severe cramping, constipation, diarrhea. Um, at, at my highest, I had gotten up to about 175 pounds. I'm five foot 11. You know, it was mostly just all muscle. But um, during this period of time, when I had these gut issues, I started losing weight. I ended up losing roughly about 30 pounds. And during that period of time, 
Um, and this was like a, like a two-year process where I started losing this weight and having these gut issues. Um, God really spoke to me about chiropractic. And it's really interesting how this happened. I was spotting somebody. I was actually visiting my parents and I was working out at a gym. They were actually living in Georgia. I was living in Florida at the time. And I was finishing college, getting a bachelor's degree in physical education and exercise science. And I was, I was uh, spotting a guy at a fitness center, a small fitness center in the country in Northern Georgia. And I'm spotting him, give him a spot. He's like, Hey, that was a really great spot. And he sits up and he's like, so wh- why are you here? He's like, are you, in, are you, a, you know, are, are you in fitness? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm a personal trainer. So we started talking and he ends up saying, he asked me what I want to do. And I'm telling him, Hey, I'd really like to, you know, run community wellness programs. I'm looking for an internship for my senior year in college. And he starts telling me that I should be a chiropractor. He's like, you should really look into chiropractic. And it turns out he was a chiropractor and he's like, it's an amazing philosophy. The body heals itself. You should really look into it. And so I had never heard of chiropractic, really didn't know much about it. I started looking into it and I just loved the philosophy that the body heals itself. It doesn't need any help, just no interference. And that the brain and nervous system runs and controls everything. Right. And I picked up a book on chiropractic and in that book, they were talking about nutrition, healthy lifestyle exercise. And so I was already into healthy lifestyle principles. And so I was like, okay, I'm all in on this. I want to do this. And I thought I was living, you know, a really healthy lifestyle. I was eating whole grains. This was, you know, the early two thousands, I was eating whole grains. I was, um, you know, I was a lacto ovo pescatarian, right? Meaning that I would eat fish, I would eat eggs, and I would eat dairy, but no meat, right? And so I was living this sort of lifestyle. And I went into graduate school and just really excited in Georgia. And there was kind of just a whole amazing thing that happened there. But I met my best friend, uh, who remains my best friend today. He lives 10, 15 minutes away from my house. Um, he's got four children. I've got four children all around the same age, um, Dr. Isaac Jones. And uh, we, he was the first person I met when I, when I went to Life University in Marietta, Georgia at the age of 22. And uh, we met, we became roommates. And um, anyways, we were just excited to get started with school there, excited about the program. And I realized that most of the people there really didn't care much about healthy lifestyle. There were definitely some people that were living a healthy lifestyle, but most of the most of my colleagues there were eating junk food. Some of them were even smoking, um, not exercising regularly. And I th- and I was like, oh man, I thought this school was going to be you know just a bunch of people like me that were excited and passionate about health. And you know, un- unfortunately, that wasn't necessarily the case. But there was a good pocket of us that were. And um, one of my friends turned me on to Dr. Mercola's website. And so this is late 2004 when I started. And uh, I, I started reading his website, and I also got the book uh, by Jordan Rubin, The Maker's Diet. And Jordan Rubin was actually doing a world tour at this time. This is his first New York Times bestselling book. And we went to this tour. It was in Atlanta, and uh, both my, my best friend and I, we met him, and uh, we got one, you know, one, of his, one of his books, The Maker's Diet. And we read that book, and it was just an amazing book, talking all about how God made us and um, you know, in his image and the kinds of foods that, that the Israelites would have eaten. 
and that people in the Bible would have eaten it. So it talked about sprouted grains and how, you know, just your regular whole grains are not healthy. You should reduce them. If you're going to consume grains, they should always be sprouted or ideally be sprouted. He talked about grass-fed meats and the importance of looking for grass-fed, grass-finished animal products, bone broth, different things like that. And so I started, you know, changing my diet um, and, and consuming more of these types of foods. And I started seeing results with my health, right? Because I had lost all this weight. I, you know, I was still in my early 20s. So I was just kind of pushing through, um, you know, making it through and, and doing the things I wanted to do, even though I knew that I, I wasn't very healthy. I would get dizzy all the time going from sitting to standing. I would feel dizzy. So I, so I had these health issues, but I was just kind of hiding them and going on with, you know, my, my day-to-day life, right. Which, which was quite busy, obviously being a graduate student. I was also working at the time while I was a graduate student and, um, starting to make these diet changes really made a difference. And Dr. Mercola on his website was talking about the no grain diet. And so I noticed as I started taking out grains, eating more of these animal-based foods, eating more phytonutrients and, you know, a lot of colored vegetables and things like that. And, and I went organic as well. I, this is at the point where I learned how important it was to go organic and the amount of pesticides and herbicides that are sprayed on our foods. So I took those out. I, I went as organic as I could. And um, we used to order grass-fed, grass-finished animal products from um, local farm or from local farms and also from like U.S. wellness meats and slankers and things like that. And we used to do it together with, you know, some other kids that were some other people that were, uh, were students at our school, right? Graduate students. And so I started making these changes, felt a lot better, started gaining some of this weight. And I also noticed that I was really, really satiated, meaning I would have a, like a really good sized dinner and I had a busy day. A lot of times I'd have classes at 7 a.m. in the morning and I'd like to get, I always, back then I would work out early in the morning and I just didn't have time to eat food. And so I would just start hydrating after my workout, go to class. And I noticed that I just felt significantly better not eating food in the morning. And I would go till, you know, 12 o'clock, one o'clock, right. Come back home, you know, for a break between classes. And I, back then I lived on campus. So I was able to walk to all of my classes, which was great. I got a lot of movement in and oftentimes I wouldn't get hungry till two, three o'clock in the afternoon. And I had no idea about the term intermittent fasting. This is 2005, 2006, somewhere in that range. And I just noticed I felt so much better. And I started gaining this weight back and um, got you know back up to 170 pounds, felt amazing in the gym. It's probably the strongest that I've ever been um, at that period of time. I mean, I can bench press even like 225 pounds, which you know for my body size is amazing. Um, I just felt the best I felt. And again, nobody had, had talked about intermittent fasting. I'd never seen anything about it. I thought it was the water. I thought I was drinking over a gallon of water early in the day. And that was keeping me satiated by suppressing, by activating stretch receptors in my stomach, which would suppress ghrelin. Ghrelin is your hunger hormone. And when you have nothing in your stomach, ghrelin is released, gets up into your brain and your hypothalamus and tells you you're hungry. So I was keeping myself well hydrated and keeping my stomach uh, the, the stretch receptors activated, which would then suppress the ghrelin production. So I wasn't hungry and I could go a long period of time like this. I was super well hydrated. And of course, when you're intermittent fasting, you're, you're boosting up ketone production, right? So my body was now breaking down fat, turning on ketones, ketones, 
have this effect of getting into the blood-brain barrier where they shut down the neuroinflammasome or this level of uh, inflammation, this inflammation amplifying system in our brain that turns up inflammation, right? And that can be associated with anxiety, uh, depression, that can be associated with brain fog, trouble concentrating and poor memory. So I just noticed, man, my brain feels amazing. And I was at the top of my class doing amazing, getting straight A's in graduate school, taking the maximum load. I took, uh, I got a scholarship uh, for a year. I actually wrote an essay and was able to amazingly get a scholarship for a year, which saved me a lot of money when it came to uh, graduate school, like 35,000 or 40,000 a year. Oh, I'm sorry. It was like, I don't know, probably like 10,000 a quarter. So it was about 40,000 altogether that that saved me, which is amazing. And so I was, I was maxing out all my classes, taking like 30 some odd credit hours to, to get the most out of this scholarship. And I was doing this so well. Right. And part of it was my brain was the best it's ever been um, at that period of time in my life. And I felt fantastic. And again, I was hydrating well. Um, and then I would eat from like three to seven or eight. Right. So like roughly like a four hour eating window or so where I'd start eating. Um, and that was when I was hungry. Right. And I would obviously consume a, a lot of calories during that period of time, just kind of grazing. And then I usually have like one big meal, um, six, seven o'clock, uh, in the evening when I was done with all of my classes. And so I start grazing, you know, with things that I brought to class in the afternoon. And it was usually, again, somewhere between two to, you know, three, three thirty. but I would wait until I actually felt hungry. And then I would start consuming the food. And so this really allowed me to regain my health. And so I felt significantly better doing this. I just wanted to interrupt this podcast to tell you about one of my favorite supplements. It's called curcumin gold. You guys know I'm a huge advocate of turmeric, this Indian spice and the different polyphenols and compounds in there that help reduce inflammation. The most well-studied is curcumin. Curcumin has been shown to outperform your typical non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like ibuprofen, Advil, and Tylenol in many different studies by reducing pain and inflammation without the harmful side effects. And what I love about the curcumin gold is that it contains turmeric curcumin extract. It contains vegan omega-3s made from algae, the long chain uh, omega-3 called DHA, which is so powerful for the brain, so powerful for heart health and reducing inflammation. It also has ginger oil. Those carefully selected ingredients support healthy joint function and address the root cause of inflammation within your body. Now, trust me when I say you won't find anything else on the market quite like this. In fact, my friends over at Purality Health have a patented formula that utilizes something called micell liposomal technology, which delivers nutrients directly into your bloodstream. And it's proven to be 800% more efficient than traditional supplements. Even better, it's backed by a 180-day money-back guarantee. And today, we have a 30% off coupon just for you. Visit PurityHealth.com. Use the coupon DRJ to access 30% off today. And uh, I graduated 2008, September 2008, with uh, my doctorate in chiropractic, master's degree in exercise and uh, exercise science and sports nutrition, and then opened my clinic. And when I opened my clinic, 
I mean, it was shortly after, it was like six months after. In fact, the week after I graduated, I actually put $5,000 down on a, um, on a suite inside of a uh, shopping plaza, right inside of a, a little strip mall plaza um, to save that location because it looked exactly, in fact, I actually had a drawing of what I wanted, kind of the inside or the, the um, what my clinic would look like on the inside. So I had this drawing that I would look at in my, uh, in my dorm room or my, my apartment complex at college. And so I would be looking at this and I was like, you know, I really want kind of this square concept. And so I found a location in this Northern Georgia area. So a lot of people, when they graduate, of course, they go, you know, all over the world. For me, my parents lived in North Georgia. And so I was like, you know, and I had also created a lot of great relationships. I actually worked in graduate school for a successful doctor's office. And so I created a lot of relationships all throughout this community. Um, and so I ended up finding a great location to open a practice, put money down. Um, and I hadn't, I wasn't even licensed. So I had to wait till I got licensed, but I started the process of building this clinic out and uh, I couldn't get a business loan. This is interesting because this is right when the economy had crashed. I had no real, you know, real business experience. And so, um, and of course I had been in college there for nine years and, uh, anyways, I couldn't get a business loan. So it's interesting how all of a sudden I got, you know, these credit card offers, I got a home refinance loan for like 6% interest and I didn't even have a home. So I got like $20,000 from that somehow, you know, God made a way. And I remember after I got turned down from the bank that I was hoping to get a business loan from, I remember driving down to Florida because I was going to take some uh, some some training courses in a specific chiropractic technique and uh, and also functional nutrition uh, courses down there in Orlando. And I was driving down there and I was just like, I have no idea how I'm going to do this. And I and I was like emotional about it and I was praying and and God just gave me the words, keep walking, right? And it's interesting because these this is how He's spoken to me throughout my life is usually two, three word types of sentences, like get up and walk, keep walking, things like that. And um, that's really all I needed to hear. And I, and, and I just found a way and, and really God made the way. I was able to open my clinic in March of 2009. I graduated in September, 2008. And uh, I was already seeing clients in their homes, right? So I started doing marketing in January, February, and I was seeing clients actually going over people's houses with my portable chiropractic table and adjusting them. Uh, opened my clinic and I started doing workshops every Monday night on a number of different health topics. So it might be brain health, heart health, um, cholesterol, uh, could be uh, immune health, right? All different topics. Every Monday night I would do a workshop. People would come, people would bring, you know, back then it was hard to get really good information. So, you know, this is before YouTube picked up and things like that. So people, um, were bringing their friends, their family members, and people were asking lots and lots of questions. And it was at this time that I also started writing for, cause I was always, I was a good writer and uh, I would write essays and I would write content. Um, and I actually started creating an email list before I even knew really the power of an email list by meeting people in the community and getting their emails. And I thought, you know, I need to start creating published, professionally published articles because I'm getting all these questions. People would ask me, you know, what do I do for high cholesterol? What do I do for, you know, sluggish thyroid? I have hypothyroidism. What do I do? I have Hashimoto's. I have, 
chronic fatigue. I have, you know, whatever the, the, the issue was. And I was saying the same thing over and over and over again to people in my community, to uh, my patients. And it was like, it was just so much redundancy. And I thought, well, if I could have a great professionally published article, then I could just send that to people. And that would save me time and energy. And it would also put me, you know, it also positioned me as an authority. And so I started writing for several different websites. The main one was Natural News at the time. And, um, you know, they would publish me with my bio underneath the article and people started contacting me, you know, not only did I use that article and, and share it with my, my patients and, you know, people that would ask me questions and then they would share it with, you know, their family members and people that they knew that had similar questions and social media was starting to pick up. So I'd share it on, you know, Facebook and things like that. And, um, back then you got greater organic reach, even on your personal page. And so people were sharing my content. And um, I would get I would get people calling my clinic from Australia, from South Africa, from all over the world, right? Different different states in the United States, and they were saying, you know, I read this amazing article on high blood pressure on Natural News, and I want to work with Dr. Jockers. I want to do a consult with him, and so I started doing virtual consults as well as working with people locally in my community, and uh, you know, that just took on a life of its own. And I ended up hiring another doctor to help run my clinic and then, and then two doctors to help run my clinic. And eventually I said, you know, I, I really need to, um, you know, after, after I first hired my first, because in the beginning there was just so much work that went into running my clinic. And so, um, I was so busy with that, but, um, after I hired my first associate doctor in 2011, and, and I didn't even mention this, I actually lived in my clinic for the first two years. I actually had a mattress in the back of my clinic in like, in what, what became the storage room. And I would sleep on that mattress and I would shower across the street in a 24 hour gym that I would go to every morning, get a workout in shower in my gym. Right. And so, um, I was, I was sleeping in this and I was right under a power panel, Right in the back where that, you know, you turn off the power to different areas. I was literally sleeping right under that. I also, back then I didn't have digital x-ray. So I had a, you know, regular x-ray processor with chemicals. That was the bathroom, main bathroom I was using. So I was being exposed to those chemicals. I was under a tremendous amount of stress. I was working 80 hour plus weeks, um, you know, and I would binge eat at night because I would work from 7am, let's say till, uh, you know, nine o'clock at night. And then I would just kind of binge eat on and back in binge eating for me was never like what most people would think of binge eating, but I would get, for example, like Ezekiel bread because it was pretty inexpensive. And back then I was, you know, just scraping by, I would get coconut oil, put coconut oil on it and put a bunch of like frozen blueberries or something like that. And I would, I would eat a whole bunch of this and I was eating a lot more grains and sugar than my body type should. And I was eating, you know, emotionally, right. Cause I was lonely because I was, you know, burnt out, stressed out from, you know, just being around people all day, working hard, you know, working so hard. Um, and so I, I just didn't have balance, uh, back in those days. And so, uh, I eventually hired an associate doctor, bought a house after two years, I had paid off my student loans. I had paid off all my loans. I had money in the bank. Um, so I bought a house that was, that was the closest available house, small little house. I bought it for like $92,000. Um, this is 2011. I can literally walk there from my clinic and I can walk back, right? It was like a half mile away. And so I bought the clinic, I'm sorry, I bought the, the house 
And it was around this time that I, I realized I had skin cancer, right? And, and melanoma is actually what killed my grandfather. And so on my right side of my nose, it was kind of just a tiny little mark that's left, but I had this big nodule that was developing. And I thought it was acne at first, but it just continued to develop. And I never got it diagnosed, but I realized, you know what? I grew up in Florida. I've been sunburned a lot more than somebody should. I wasn't taking the best care of myself. And uh, you know what? This is something that could kill me. And so that was when I bought my house. I got water filtration system because I was showering in chlorinated water. I got out of, you know, sleeping under a power panel, ended up getting digital x-ray in my clinic. So we didn't have to, you know, have the, the processing chemicals around, try to do everything I can to clean my environment. And this is also when I found a book called the metabolic theory of cancer by Dr. Thomas Seyfried. And I read that I came out and that's when I discovered ketosis came off of you know, the breads and the grains. I did a five day water fast, right. Which really kickstarted my healing. And, uh, then I just went on a, a, a ketogenic diet with intermittent fasting and doing that along with everything else I was doing. I was really working on myself spiritually, emotionally, um, you know, creating more balance by having that home. You know, I bought the home, uh, you know, moved in, I, I didn't have anything. So they, they actually like left a lot of their furniture, which was interesting. So I was able to uh, have furniture, had a bed, you know, things like that. But I just, it was, I just had, had a minimalistic lifestyle. Right. And, um, you know, just took, tr tried to just invest into taking really good care of my body, my health. Um, and I was able to reverse that cancer, right. That nodule ended up, you know, over a six month period of time, just completely going away by doing this process. Right. And of course there were things I was putting on it like aloe vera, and, uh, you know, there's like some different creams, aloe vera was the main one, but I would say what was happening more so 99% of the healing was what was taking place internally in me, in my mind, my body, my spirit, um, and, uh, you know, getting into ketosis, doing the fasting, really driving up autophagy and cellular healing and cellular repair. Um, that was so powerful for me. And I was overtraining actually, cause I was working out every day. So I stopped doing that. I started adding in more rest days, started prioritizing more sleep. Um, which was key because before that I was sleeping like six hours a night because I was just working around the clock. Um, and so doing that allowed my body to heal. And I hired an associate doctor as well. Um, and interestingly, right after I was healed of the skin cancer, I actually broke my ankle. And so I had hired my associate doctor and then I broke my ankle and uh, I couldn't adjust. Well, I could, but I was like going around on crutches. So I had limited mobility. So I was in the clinic less. And having her really run it because I had to heal from this ankle, from this uh, ankle break, right? And um, that was when I decided, you know what? I really need to have my own website because I'm getting tr all this traffic from people. And I was doing virtual consults, which I could still do, obviously, from my house, uh, even though I had the, the broken ankle. And so I realized I have got to figure out how to run and operate a website. So I hired one of my patients who was a web developer to teach me how to do WordPress. And she created a new website for me, um, showed me how to use WordPress. And I started uploading a lot of my articles and things like that and sharing them. And then in 2014, I had hired, well, 2013, I hired a second doctor because I was like, you know what? I really actually want to turn... I want to turn up what I'm doing online. I just saw how the world was changing and I realized I'm getting so much reach on social media, things like that with the content I'm producing. <clears throat> I want to really turn this up. 
And so that was when I, I, I actually created drjockers.com as a business. Before that, I was just running it as kind of a marketing vehicle for Exodus Health Center. And I just said, you know what? <clears throat> I am going, and I had a radio show <clears throat> in Atlanta, and I was doing a lot of things locally. And I didn't feel like I was getting the best return on investment from my radio show. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to use these funds. I'm going to hire a great graphic designer and we're going to create amazing online health content. And I hired uh, my graphic designer, a good friend of mine, Steven Johnson, who still works for me as my graphic designer. And we just started creating content. <clears throat> and so I was still seeing clients working part-time in my clinic and then also creating art, writing articles, creating content, YouTube, things like that. And uh, it just, over the time, <clears throat> it took a while <clears throat> to build up. Uh, my business was not at the point of profitability where I could actually pay myself until 2018, right? So I was just, I think it was 2017. So I was just investing back into the business, living off of my clinic. Of course, I met my wife in 2014. We got married in 2015. That's a whole nother podcast um, just how, how amazing that story is. Um, and we actually, actually talk about that in one of the previous podcasts we did for our anniversary. And we'll come back to that. I'll have her on again, and we'll talk about our story. But, uh, you know, we had our twin boys at the end of 2015. And I was just living off of my clinic income, which was good. But actually, my clinic, as I went more part-time and I got married, um, my clinic actually really took a dive, right, as far as the profitability. And so I fortunately had saved a lot of money, um, but my clinic was was really going downhill, unfortunately. Um, and so I had to cut back, and so I had to get back in the clinic more. We, you know, lost doctors, at, you know, as time went on. But by 2017, my online business was profitable. Uh, worked to the point where I could pay myself something, and by 2018. You know, we just had some really great breakthroughs and some of the things we were doing. Google, all of a sudden, you know, like we had a lot of content we were putting out. All of a sudden, it just really, uh, really got started getting tremendous amount of traffic. It snowballed to where we were getting a million unique visitors a month, right? And of course, you know, that really impacts your income as well because people are seeing your content. They're appreciating it, getting on your email list, um, <clears throat> purchasing products, you know, and, I, and that's really our business model is... We want people to experience our content first. And if they really know, like, and trust the content, they know, like, and trust my character. If you're listening to this podcast and you appreciate the content I'm putting out, then my, my thought is, okay, you'll trust me with that I vetted out the best possible supplements, right? Or the best possible you know, products that I'm talking about, right? Whether it's you know podcast ads like Paleo Valley, for example, that I'm talking about or whatever else, air filtration through air doctor, you'll trust, you'll trust me. And then of course we try to offer, you know, the best value for those things. And so that's always been our model is to lead first with education. In fact, you know, I tell my team all the time that we create, we sell products so we can create content, right? We need revenue to be able to create content. So we sell products to create revenue so we can create content. The content creation is really what we're all about, creating really great online health content that can empower people all around the world. That is what we're about. And the products help support that. And of course, we also want to help as many people as possible reach their God-given health potential. So these products really help people do that and push people in the right direction. So that's really what we're all about. But it started out with just me writing articles and then you know, eventually hired 
um, a writer to help out and I would create outlines. And we still have that, that relationship today. I have a different writer. Um, my, my original writer, actually, she is my personal assistant and inventory manager. She actually is my neighbor. So how cool is that? That like she worked for me um, actually starting at my clinic. And then she, um, then that wasn't working out. She was having some friction with uh, one of the doctors at my clinic. And uh, so I just had her as a writer. And then eventually I knew she was very detail oriented. So she ended up becoming um, our inventory manager, managing all of our product store inventory. And uh, last year in 2021, the house, our neighbor's house right next to us became available. And she and her husband were looking for a house in our area. We go to the same church and uh, they ended up buying it. So they're neighbors, they've got young children as well, just like us. And so it's really, really cool. And so she's been working for me since 2015. And I also hired my youngest brother, my, my brother, it's 11 years younger than me. He is my web administrator. So he runs all the backend IT, um, SEO, search engine optimization, um, sets up the emails that we send out. I actually create those, right? But then he puts them into, you know, the the customer service response system uh, that we use, the CRM or whatever they call it. Um, so, and then those emails go out. And so he works for me, uh, my graphic designer, and uh, Melissa, one of our amazing health coaches. She was actually a patient of mine in 2010. Right, I opened my clinic in 2009. She was. You know, within the first two years, she became a patient, really helped her along with her health journey using functional medicine and chiropractic. And then she was inspired. She ended up becoming a health coach. And then she was writing articles. She was one of my main writers uh, for a while. And then she ended up becoming a health coach and um, working for us. Now she's been working as a health coach with, you know, well over a thousand clients all around the world. She's uh, revered, right, in a lot of different circles. And so she's been doing this for, I think, seven years now, uh, working with people all over the world. So the team has just kind of come together. You know, we have a lot of other team members as well, but they're all people that were, you know, typically referrals, right? Referrals, people that I knew, you know, either from my clinic or, uh, you know, just throughout my life and um, people that have come aboard to help support our mission. And so it's just really been a blessing. But the business took a while. A lot of people think, well, you know, they look at my business and they're like, wow, you know, a million visitors a month. You've got, you know, emails. You've got over, I think we have 400,000 people on email newsletter, like an email list um, between our separate email lists. And they're like, wow, that must be just an incredible business, this and that. But it took, I mean, it, many years, right, before we could get to this level. Um, and fortunately, you know, by 2018, it was a full time income. It's been very profitable. And we donate a lot of money uh, to our local church, as well as to different missions. We support Matthew 10 ministries, spreading the gospel all throughout the world. We support um, the I Can, uh, I Can Decide, I think it is, which is all about informed consent action. Yeah, it's the Informed Consent Action Network. So we support them so that way we uh, people can have informed consent. They do a lot of lawsuits against drug companies and against the government and things like that to make sure that we have the informed consent before, you know, we're not mandated certain, uh, you know, whether it's vaccines or anything else, uh, they really help stand up against that. So that's another ministry that we support. And uh, there's several others, but those are some of the big ones that, that come to mind uh, that we support. 
And uh, it's just been a blessing. You know, it's been a blessing to be able to do this. It's been a blessing throughout this health journey. Um, and I just wanted to share this with you guys. And so the big things that I learned, intermittent fasting really helped change and save my life. I learned the importance of trusting God and what he's pressing on our heart and walking in faith and walking in power, God's power, the Holy spirit through us and, um, you know, doing everything we can to, to be a light to the world, right. Supporting people. Um, I'm a, I'm an extremely loyal person, right? So if somebody supported me in the past, I'm all about supporting them. A lot of my team members, for example, came from my clinic. Uh, I eventually sold my um, my clinic, my health clinic in 2019. There's a great doctor that runs it, Exodus Health Center, Dr. Audrey Bedford. Uh, so if you are in the Kennesaw, Georgia area, she's phenomenal, take great care of you. But I am no longer in the clinic. And I actually stopped seeing clients in 2019, 2020, somewhere around there as well, because I was so busy operating this this uh, online health business, drjockers.com. And our mission is to just reach as many people as possible with the world's best health content, support them with supplements and resources, health coaching, uh, so that that way, that way they can reach their God-given health potential. That's what we're all about. Along the way, I wrote the Keto Metabolic Breakthrough, best-selling book, um, talking about the amazing benefits of ketosis and carb cycling and different strategies like that. I, I wrote the fasting transformation, both strategies that have dramatically transformed my life and my health and so many other people around the world. So definitely great books to check out if you haven't already. And uh, I just want to thank you for being a listener to the podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed this little personal session. Um, I just wanted to get my story out, share that with you guys, because I haven't done that on the podcast yet. And so um, thanks again. And uh, we'll be back at you with a, a new podcast. Be blessed, everybody. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.